Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. This is a big topic today. We're starting a new series called Kingdom Families, and this is something that, that together as a, as a team, as a pastoral team, as a leadership team, we, we thought through, we talked about uh, something we're very passionate about. As you saw today, we were dedicating children to the Lord, children that are, are to be raised in a kingdom mindset, a kingdom family. When Jesus saved us, he called us into his kingdom. So I'm going to be talking about this over the next several weeks. Myself, there'll be some friends of mine, some guest speakers that are coming in as well to talk about this. Today, I want to lay the foundation for what we're talking about, but I want you to think of these two words, families and then kingdom. I'm going to try and break down uh, 25 pages of notes into about five. God help us. Uh, I hope to get you out of here before four o'clock. So let's get started. Um, I want to start with a quote from G.K. Chesterton. He says, when we step into the family by the act of being born, we do step into a world which is incalculable, into a world which has its own strange laws, into a world which could do without us, into a world that we have not made. Okay? He, he's saying, you know, when, in, in essence, when you were born, you stepped into things, family dynamics that were already at work. Your mom, your dad, your grandma, your upbringing, whatever home you were brought into, it was already at work when you came in. And when you came in, there were things that whether you were there or not, there were already things at work, already dynamics at work within that family, within your uncles, within your friends, within the neighbors, within the season of life that they were in, the season of life that maybe your mom was in or your dad was in. Okay, when you came into that world, you didn't have a lot of say-so, right? You were just born. You were there. And, and the same goes in a lot of ways for when you come into God's kingdom, when you're saved. Right? When Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. When people are born again, they're born into God's kingdom. And as we're born into God's kingdom, we're also coming into spiritual family, not just natural family, but spiritual family that is in a season. For example, our church, it's in a season right now. Okay, it's in a different season than it was in 2010 when it started, then 2015, then 2020 when we were watching on video cameras through screens. Now it's 2023. There's a different season for the church. People are in different seasons now. People are thinking differently. People are behaving differently. People are raising their children differently now in 2023 than they were in 2019 before COVID hit. As a pastor a long time, I'm telling you, I've seen in ministry where there's, there's an ethos running through the church, a certain atmosphere, a certain culture. And I'm just going to tell you, I've never seen more devoted parents, starting with men, than I've ever seen in this last year and a half. Amen. Never in my life. I think that's worthy of praise, don't you think? <laughs> I've never seen so many men, not just in a way saying in, in an emotional sense, I want things to be better in my life and for my family. I've seen men ground themselves and root themselves in community, in the word, and in relationships that help them grow. It's one thing to, to, 
Come to church is another thing to grow with people, the people of God, right? So I want to kind of dispel some things just to start off. Uh, number one, family is not easy. It's very encouraging for you, first point. Family is not easy. Natural family is not easy. Spiritual family is not easy. Let me say that again. Natural family is not easy. Please give me an amen on that. Amen. You know your crazy relatives. Family is not easy. And spiritual family is not easy. Church family is not easy. Okay? And it's simple. It's a simple concept, but it's not easy to work out. Right? It's like Ikea instructions, right? Looks simple. Sounds simple, but it's complicated. Right? Okay? So natural family and spiritual family. Now, I, I say this having come from a very large family. Right? Um, have you seen those caravans coming from, from Honduras or Mexico? That's about the size of my, my family, <laughs> like one side of my family. Did y'all just get offended at migrants coming over into... <laughs> See, think about this. When you come from a large family, there are family dynamics at work from people who are, are saved and unsaved, healed and unhealed, believers and non-believers, non people who are hurting, people who are healthy, Right? People who are raising their kids in the ways of the Lord, people who are going through divorce, people who are, who are on a second marriage, people who are going through a separation. There's all kinds of stuff. So just growing up, I, had, I was privy to a lot of natural family dynamics, and then I was part of a large church, so I was growing up constantly observing and watching, kind of like a sponge and a magnet, uh, all the dysfunction that we humans partake of. <laughs> when I wasn't participating in it myself, I was observing it. And for some reason, I was just very perceptive of painful things that were happening in and around me. It's like, a, it's like a, a radar went off, and I could just tune into the difficulties that family was going through, relatives were going through, neighbors were going through, people were going through. And I've ministered in this city for a long time, and, and here's what I know, that I know that I know. Everyone, to some degree, is carrying some family pain walking through some family pain, or shelving that pain and just moving on with life, okay? So when I talk about family, um, parenting, relationships, marriage, and things of this nature, it's not something that I like to just skim over and make it sound like it's really easy, because it's not. It really isn't, okay? Uh, I, I, I get personally uh, annoyed when I, I, I see... <laughs> Christian writers write, you know, like it's all a marketing thing. Sorry, here's my cynicism. Uh, how to have a happy marriage, right? right? And the book's like this thin, right? I'm like, <laughs> dang, man. That, how do you do that? My, my, my wife's not been happy for 20 years. How, do you, how does this work? Like, I bought her that book and it didn't work, right? And then, then their next book is uh, how to have happy kids. And you're like, oh, okay, here's part two, right? And then the next part is how to have, have a happy dog. Like, okay. All right, I see what's going on here. And sometimes you just kind of think, is it really this easy? And it's almost so simplified. But it's really not like that. See, family dynamics take skill to navigate. There's some things that I'm good at and some things I'm not good at. There's some things my wife is far better than I am in regards to just certain aspects of the home, of, of certain types of communication with certain people or something. There's, there's, we're a tag team. It'll be like, you know, okay, you handle this one, right? You can handle that. No, that's a conversation that you can handle. And that's, that's a gift to our marriage. It's a gift to this church, right? 
So family dynamics, it takes skill to navigate these things. Why? Because personalities are different. The stages and seasons that each of us are in are different. The areas that we're healed in or unhealed in are different. Uh, There's people in our families, immediate family and and surrounding family and church family who are, are going through things and they have vision for what's next. And then there are those who are, feel like they're in a ditch right now and they're kind of stuck. And so sometimes I think that we have this expectation of happiness in family and it really is the surface mentality. It's not really the depths and, and, and the, the roots of something that's grounded in years and years and time of understanding God, his kingdom, his family, us, ourselves. Is that too deep this morning? I could talk about how to have a happy dog. I have the notes on that. If you want that. Anyone who thinks it's easy is mistaken. Family dynamics take skill to navigate. How we talk to one child is not the same as we talk to another child. How one child receives rewards and affirmation right, is different from the other one. I mean, it's powerful. My little five-year-old right now, it's like a magnet on me. I can't, I can't do anything wrong. It's amazing. I just want it to be like that forever. Like, like I'm the king, I'm the world, it's great. It's it's fantasy though. It's not real. It's real now, but this is a season, I know. I'll make her mad at some point. Okay, right? So framework is needed to understand family properly. Framework is needed to understand family properly. And, And here's the God honest truth. In some areas of our lives, we just lack the framework. The frame, right? Like a picture, the borders that control, that establish, that that create, that house, that help us contend with the family dynamics. What's not easy, right? What's the framework of of our, our marriage, me and Janelle, till death do us part? That's part of the frame. So she makes me mad. That happens every now and then. I never make her mad, but she often makes me mad. What's the framework? <laughs> Commitment. Commitment, devotion to God, devotion to one another, right? Vision, that's something else. What vision do we have? There's a common vision. There's a unity there. There's a devotion to these pieces of the frame that we've been building into a long time. And time tests that framework, right? Circumstances, hurts, pain, stuff she was going through as she was growing in our marriages, stuff I was going through as I was growing in my marriage. Like there's things I can be honest, I can tell you right now. There's ways I reacted to my wife back in the day. I would never react that way now. Y'all wouldn't even be at this church if you saw how I used to behave like in some way. It's just the way I would talk to her. I don't do that anymore. I do under my breath, but just not to her face. Because I can ask God for forgiveness, but I don't want don't to wreck my marriage. And so here's the thing. It took time It took time to grow into even some of the framework that I believed. Marriage is about love. Okay, that's going to be tested. Marriage is about commitment. That's going to be tested. Marriage is holy. That's going to be tested. Right? Marriage is forever. That's going to be tested. Right? So is love. So all these things, sometimes I think we're coming into family. I haven't even gotten onto my notes. Well, I have some of them. I'm not going to make it sound like I'm that awesome today. Okay, I do have notes I'm following up, but I'm trying to get into the meat here. Okay, because sometimes I think that we're testing what we feel 
against what we truly will have to believe long term. This is what we feel. We feel, okay, how many of you have said this before? I just don't want what my parents had. I don't want that. Or I don't want what they did when this happened. Or, or I don't want this was in my home. I don't want that. Or and we start kind of cherry picking. But here's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. Because when we, when we get together as family, we get one another, another's baggage as well. Like if you get me as your pastor, you get all the good, the bad, and the ugly of me as pastor too. If I get you as a friend, I get all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Whatever God's doing, I get that right now. It may not be healed for five years, but right now, if I'm your friend, I get that. That's just part of the deal when we become kingdom families, okay? And, and kingdom families, this is a concept that we're talking about over the next several weeks. And here's what I hear missing from a lot of the current generations talk about families, okay? It's, it's concerning to me. It's this, the idea and concept that as a Christian, our family is a kingdom family, I feel like sometimes the stuff I'm reading is, is, is going for the symptoms that people are experiencing, but not taking people back to the root of what this is really about. This whole thing about family, this whole thing about the kingdom, okay? See, the kingdom, when God saved you, he brought you into a kingdom family. What does that mean? It means I'm not building my own little thing. I'm tied to something far bigger and far broader then maybe I even understand. Like when I, I married Janelle, we used to sit, <clears throat> when we were, we were dating, we would sit in, in the car for like hours at a time. She couldn't get enough of me. For hours at a time, <laughs> we would sit there and we would talk and talk and talk, which is probably mostly me talking, surprise, and her listening. But we, she would ask me, what do you want to do with your life? Great, great question for someone you're going to marry, right? Um, and I would say, I would say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is this: I want to help people. Well, you've gone to Bible college, you've done this. So yeah, but I don't want to be a pastor. God forbid, forbid! I don't ever want to be a pastor. I've seen what my church has gone through. I've seen what my pastor's gone through. No way, you could never. Pay me enough. You can never vote me in. You can never give me a church. I would never, ever be a pastor of a church, much less start a church from scratch in a living room in the worst economy in the recession back in the day with nobody, out in the middle of nowhere with no website. So when people would visit, it would almost be like a cult that people were coming to and go, what's going on here? What is this place? You got to be careful what you're telling God you will never do, Right? But we would talk about, talk about these things. I want to help people. I, want, I, I didn't know God was setting me up for something bigger and broader that he was doing in my heart that he wanted to do in other people. And then that people would be attracted to that same thing in such a way that they would devote their lives to helping to build a community of people that love Jesus and want to see the city saved and see the people come to know him. See, on your family is something bigger and broader than maybe you have even conceptualized. Your job, entrepreneurial endeavors, your business, the ministry is starting, the church is starting, whatever it is, it is bigger and broader than just the little frame you've created. There's so much more to it because once the wind of God gets behind it, all bets are off. 
There was a guy when, um, I knew him years ago, and he was telling me, this is right when I was starting Grace Avenue, and I remember he told, we were talking about starting Grace Avenue, and he told me that he knew he had a friend who was almost kind of like pridefully bragging about this next stage that he was going to do for God. Oh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and blah, 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 and I'm going to start this. And then he told, I, this is how I remember it, that he told the guy, man, that's all great, but you better hope God breathes on that thing. And I kid you not, this is just one of those Holy Spirit moments where when he said that, I got cold chills on my body because I was starting Grace Avenue. And all I knew is that God was saying, hey, I know you got that dream. You better hope I breathe on that thing. And I say that for our marriages, for our kids, for our church, for our dreams. We better hope God breathes on those things. We better pray that God breathes. Genesis, God breathed life into Adam. The formation of man, the breath of life into God. What is breath symbolic of? Life. We want God to breathe the breath of life on our families, on our marriages, on our communication. God, breathe life on my communication. Breathe life on my understanding of my family, of my spouse. Breathe life, because if I don't understand, I don't understand. If I can't communicate, I can't communicate. But if God can breathe life onto that thing, something can change. We have people all throughout this congregation, some here today, some in another service, maybe some aren't here today. Their marriages have been restored. Their lives, their families have been restored. People who are on the brink of of destruction are, are, are here. Bobby and Lisa, I remember when Bobby and Lisa first came in years and years ago, right? Like just where they were versus where they are now. Right? By the way, he served so faithfully with our fire department. Can we give this dude a hand as well? No. You know, what he, what he has to see every day, day in and day out, you know, death and destruction and pain and sorrow like that, you don't know that when you sign up, you're signing up to, to marry someone who's dealing with all of that too. That's a lot. We get the whole package. Back to the notes. See, mankind has a history of taking what God gives him and using it for selfish gain. And we do the same with so many aspects of our life. Church, come on, think about it. When you chose Grace Avenue, what were you looking for? Well, it better be close. How long is it? Do I like the music? I don't like that guy on stage. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like what he wears. He's too into himself. I don't like her. She, she, she didn't, I don't like her. Like, people are... God knows your thoughts, too, as much as I do. <laughs> we don't know what, what, when we're coming into places, we're basing so many things about what God can do in that moment on what we like and dislike. What do they have for my kids? Is the parking nice? What do they have for me? Is the message for me? I don't like those songs that they're singing. I don't know those songs. Like, it's all me. And in the kingdom... It's not about me anymore. It's about we, about what we are doing. And Jesus spent so much time teaching the disciples about that, so much so that it went over their heads so much of the time, so much so that at the Last Supper, they're arguing between themselves about who's going to be the greatest. He's like, hey, we're doing something bigger here, guys. I'm about to be crucified. And you guys are trying to figure out who's going to be at my right hand and at my left hand. It's not for me to decide you got to go and live your life. There's something bigger that I've called you to. 
See, here, here's the description of the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. And I want you to think of this in light of your dreams, your goals, your family, your ministry, your church, your, your upbringing, what you're doing right now in your family, your marriage, what you're aiming for. Look what he says. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when we say we're kingdom families, what are we saying? That we're, we're families where this is the foundation of our family right here. This is what we stand on, righteousness. We stand on righteousness. We live from righteousness. We live from peace and we live from joy. So if you come into my home, you should experience righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about I have perfect days and a perfect life and perfect seasons where, you know, I'm not grumpy or things haven't hurt and I'm dealing with something and, and, and you're seeing human pain. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the well on the inside, the pillar and the anchor that holds you is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, when I'm thinking something about myself other than what God says about me, when I'm tempted by things that are not becoming of me as a man of God or as a husband or as a father. Righteousness holds me to who am I and whose am I, yeah. right? And then there's, there's peace. Come on, our homes need to be places of peace. Our conversations need to be places of peace. Communication, as much as possible, needs to be Peace. Not that pa- didn't mean we can't be passionate, but, but we're aiming for peace here. We're not aiming to be right. We're aiming to be righteous. We're aiming for purpose, for the common vision that we have together, the thing that we're building together, the thing that Janelle and I are building for our future, what we want, where we want to be when we're in our 70s. I don't want you guys to love me, and she doesn't. That's not a good plan. So I'm going to need righteousness and peace and join the Holy Spirit to guard the boundaries of my life in my home. But it starts with my own soul. Like if I don't let righteousness, peace, and joy manage me, how can I manage my home? If I'm managing from the opposite of that, instead of peace, I'm managing with chaos. Instead of joy, I'm managing with, with misery or frustration or angst or contention. And I'm, I'm well aware today that, that, that some of the homes that, that people grew up in here today were abusive physically, sexually, mentally. Uh, you grew up in divorce. You grew up with unanswered. P- people were here, then they weren't, and, and you were thrown into chaos. I'm fully aware of that, and, and I'm not here to dig into the past. I'm here to say from here forward, how do we establish what, what is supposed to be? What's God's heart for a kingdom family? Like, I can't fix what was, but I can take care of what is. And I could plan for what could be in Jesus' name, right? See, kingdom families, we're, we're trying to raise kingdom families in a world where, where there's cruelty and jealousy and corruption and horrible examples of leadership all across the political spectrum, everywhere in our political spectrum, filthy, for the guy you voted for, too. We used to be able to point to examples. Who do we point them to now? 
you got churches too sometimes and pastors flipping out, doing crazy stuff. Who do we point them to? Don't, don't look at Pastor Daniel. He could flip out. Just keep looking at Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus. You don't know him. You've known him for a while, but you don't know where he's going to be in 10 years. There's truth to that. There's truth to just keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and being kingdom families. Like, what does God say? What does God say? See, God created order and agendas for our families, okay? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, the battle that we face as kingdom families is that a lot of times we're building for self. We're building for what we don't want. I don't want that, so I got to build this. I don't want to be poor, so I got to work. I don't want to be chaos, so we got to be this. We're building a lot of times for, for what we don't want. Instead of building for the glory of God. Building his kingdom and, and really letting the cards fall where they may. Uh, I'm, I'm old enough to know this. I have a lot of people in my life who have raised their kids absolutely right and kids went off the rails. And I have friends who have absolutely done everything you can think to do it wrong and their kids are amazing. <laughs> Some serving God. Some serving God and pastors and leaders and the parents had no input in that whatsoever. Okay, and, and it's not like that on every situation, but I'm saying that there are you know, a lot of families who, who've done their best, and it just didn't turn out the way they, they dreamed and hoped. And then there's people who invested nothing into their families, into their kids, and God has done some amazing things, okay? See, the battle we face is, is that we're constantly trying to build for ourselves when really we're supposed to be building kingdom families. You know why we build for ourselves? Because the things that we like about God are the things that we like about ourselves. You, you ever hear somebody say, you know, I just don't believe in a God who would send people to hell. Well, that's because you would never send anybody to hell, right? <laughs> that's why you don't believe that. That's why people don't believe that, because they can't, they can't fathom. I would never do that. Well, yeah, because you would never do that. But God would. <laughs> and God does. Y'all Okay. When you start talking about things like that, you know, at, you hear at a wedding, the man shall be the head of the wife, and she shall this and that, and she shall submit to her husband. Like, hey, 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 hang on a second. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You know, submit? What? They submit to nobody. She used that verse with me. The head of the what? No, 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 no. no. I, I'm my own woman. I'm my own man. Equal what? No, no, no. I'm the man. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I call the shots. It stops with me. See, and this is hard because if you've never been under kingdom concepts before, it's like a strange language. It's a strange language. It's a foreign concept that we're trying to embrace. We're trying to embrace the concepts of the kingdom of God that is so important. That sets the framework. That sets the ground rule for us to be able to step into families. And a lot of you didn't get that. You didn't get it growing up. What you got was, I don't want that, and I do want this, so I'm going to try and make this happen. But I don't have a picture of how it could be, and I don't have a framework of how it would be, but I've got fear of what I sure as heck don't want, so I'm going to give this my best shot. Oh, man, it's complicated. It's not easy. Yes, you're right. That's human. This is what leads us to our dependency on God, our devotion to God, okay? When you start talking about things like honor and forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and compassion and patience and long-suffering and healthy communication, and you haven't 
even seen that in your life. And you don't have a lot of friends who do that in life. They're always texting you their problems. And you're like, dude, y'all need to see a counselor. Y'all need... Y'all need to call somebody. You, know, you, you keep telling me this, and I keep telling you what to do, and you don't listen to anything. Come on. You've been there. You've been there where you realize there is some dysfunction that people have, and, and they don't have the tools, the ability, the strength, the know-how, the wisdom, the knowledge to, to change it up. See, this is where good counselors and Christ-centered community comes in. You know, can I just say this? Not everything in your life needs a therapist. Sometimes you just need a good friend in Christ, and some good tacos. <laughs> I promise you, sometimes you just need food and the wisdom of a Holy Spirit-filled, Bible-saturated individual who submitted and surrendered to God to give you the wisdom, the counsel, the knowledge that you need so, so you don't take this thing off the rails. Psalms 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. See, see this, is, this is not just a concept and, and a fact about a, a house, <clears throat> a house per se, like a natural house, but it's true about our lives. It's true about our marriage. It's true about our families. Unless the Lord builds it, we're laboring in vain. So here's a question. Are you devoted to God building your house? Are you devoted to God building your family? Are you devoted to God building your business? Are you devoted to God shaping your strategies? Are you devoted to God speaking into your dreams? Are you devoted to God speaking into your goals? I know you want him to bless them, but are you devoted to him speaking into them? See, kingdom families are devoted to what God is doing. In essence, this is what I'm trying to talk about today, devotion and dependency. A devotion to God's kingdom. Because a lot of times we're looking for a manual. Come on, how many times have you bought a book when you just want something fixed in your life? Or a podcast, right? Or a sermon topic, right? Or a speaker, or a conference, or something. We want the problem fixed. We have, we have become lost on the mystery of following Christ because we want an instant remedy. I got a problem, I want God to fix it. Okay, well, you may just have to live with it for a while until he shows you the mystery of who he is in that problem and the mystery of how much he loves you in that problem and the mystery of what he's doing through you and in you in the midst of your pain. See, we, got, we call him the God of all comfort, the God of all healing, but do we allow him to comfort us and heal us when we're in pain? See, it's be, his healing is way better than a 30-minute podcast, way better than a book. Amen? Perfect family is an illusion. Perfect family is an illusion. I'm their pastor. Trust me. I know their drama. And if I don't, somebody else does. There's no perfection. It's an illusion. It's fake. It's not real. There's people in pursuit of happiness, but there's no perfection, right? True devotion. See, this is what the church was birthed into, true devotion. Acts chapter 2, those who accepted this message of Jesus, this good news of the gospel, it says, and about 3,000 were saved that day. 
And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. See, the kingdom of God was birthed and devotion is the first thing that comes in and through the people of God. Devotion to God, devotion to one another, devotion to his word, devotion to communion, to prayer, to fellowship, to, to relationships. How do 3,000 people all of a sudden become devoted to one another? <laughs> Only in the kingdom. And God knows how messy that was because it had to be messy. Roman occupation, first century Christianity, the reality of, of, of Jews and Gentiles, all the different sects and different little breakups and break-offs, the zealots, different people coming together. See, the kingdom of God is mentioned 126 times in the Gospels, according to the ESV, and in Matthew alone, 55 times. I was out of time two minutes ago, so you're going to have to give me at least one more hour, okay? <laughs> let, me, let me try and wrap up here, okay? The kingdom of God was the main message of Jesus. Not perfect family, not perfect marriage, not reaching your dreams, not reaching your goals. The kingdom of God, like what are we devoted to? This is the main message. If you ask people, hey, what's, just ask strangers on the street, what's the main message of Jesus? Oh, it was all about love. Oh, it was all about grace, okay? But the main message of Jesus was the kingdom of God. What's he saying? There's this other world out there that I'm from, that is now here, that I'm in, that you can be in, and when you come in it, it's a whole different set of rules, a whole different ethos, a whole different way of doing things. And what you've heard is completely wrong. And what I'm telling you is the truth. Whoa! <laughs> everything? Everything. So when I can't get revenge? No, now it's love. Well, now I can't hold them to it? No, no, now it's forgiveness. Well, hang on a second. I don't know if I agree with all that. Don't you know what they did? Yeah, exactly. And this is part of the growth. See, the mystery of following Jesus is we have to be taken into those places that have tension. And here's the thing. There is no better place than your family to practice what Jesus says. <laughs> There is no better place than your marriage to practice what Jesus says. And to find it if you really believe it. To find it if you really mean it. See, sometimes you just have to forgive because Jesus said to. <laughs> sometimes you just have to love because Jesus said to. Y'all didn't like that one. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> I'll get into this next week because I'm out of time. Let me close with this. Dependency. Okay, we talked about devotion, we're talking about dependency. This is the whole idea of the mystery of God. We as God's people learn to be dependent on him. When Jesus called the disciples, what did they enter into? Certainty? Absolutely not. Uncertainty is what they entered into. Follow me. Where are we going? Follow me. I'm going this way. Leave this. Leave that. Sell that. Pick this up. Take up your cross. Die to yourself. These are mind-blowing, life-altering concepts that without the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't do these things. So we need a dependency on God to do the very thing called family, church family, natural family, marriage, friendship. To do all that, we have to be able to do that dependent on God. But it starts with our devotion. If we're devoted people, 
We can be dependent people. Amen? All right, let's pick up next week. Father, we thank you this morning for the work you're doing in all of us. God, where we've come from, like Chesterton says in this quote, where we've come from, incalculable. And some of us came from foundations that were broken, atmospheres that were broken. Some of us had some good models. Some of us had some, a lot of the parts right. But God, there is something fresh, unique, and a stamp you want to put on every person here this morning and what you're doing in them and what you're doing through them. God, let us not get lost when it comes to the mystery of following you. God, help us to be devoted people, devoted to kingdom family, naturally and spiritually. Help us to be dependent, God, where there have been images that we put in our mind that overshadow the picture you're trying to give us, Lord. Let us bring those things down today. Where there may be some concepts that we put above your truth, God, help us to bring those things into perspective. God, thank you that you are a patient God. Who though a righteous man falls seven times, Lord, you will uphold them. Father, I pray this morning that you would uphold us as we work to establish kingdom families. As we work to establish devotion in our life. As we learn to be more dependent. God, where we've relied on ourselves, God, help us to realign this morning. Where we've been building small, help us to realign this morning. Thank you, God, that you're teaching us every day in every way. You're teaching us through our family. Thank you, God, that you heal the broken places, that you heal the hurting places. Lord, I pray this morning that you would heal memories that are still fresh from the past. They're causing people to fear and to fully step into the truth of what you're calling them to. Any fear that would be present this morning in your heart or mind about maybe anything that I've said this morning, with everybody kind of keeping their head bowed and their eyes closed, if, you, if you're hearing what I'm saying today, saying, you know, Daniel, I get it, but man, you don't know what I'm, I'm facing. You don't know what I'm, I was brought up in. You don't know what I'm going through. Can I just see who I'm speaking to this, this morning. Would you just put your hand up so I can pray for you? Any fear that's, that's trying to overwhelm your decisions and your future decisions? Come on, that's real. That's real. Lord, be with them. Lord Jesus, comfort them. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, give them, give them healing and hope. Let the wind of God blow over them, God. Let, let a fresh vision take over their thoughts their heart, their soul, their mind. Some of the names of God that we attribute to him from the Old Testament, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidkenu. He's a God that's our banner. He's a God that heals. He's a God that provides. He is all these things and more.
and through this series and over the next several weeks and through the people who are speaking on the stage, you're going to get to know Jehovah God in a new way. He's going to highlight things, but he's also going to heal things. He's going to bring things into perspective. You're going to hear from fathers. You're going to hear from people who are spiritual and natural fathers. You're going to hear from mothers. You're going to hear some beautiful things. Father, comfort those who need your hand over them this morning. two words as I was speaking, devotion and dependency. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. I don't know where you are in the history of church or your spiritual life, but what I'm telling you today is this is the God who loves you, who's devoted to you. Through the cross, he showed his true devotion. Through his resurrection, we now have power to live out that devotion the ability to raise our kids with that devotion a dependency on God to do this life to do marriage to do family so that when it gets hard we're not alone we know there's a strength greater than us that is working in and behind the scenes The day you would say that I'm, I'm, I'm not dependent on God. I'm, I'm really not. I'm, I'm trying to do this with wisdom. I'm trying to do this smart, the best I can, but I'm not even doing this life with God at the helm. And you want to change that today. Would you lift your hand so I can pray for you as well? I just want to see what I'm praying for you. You need help with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, see this, is, this is the beauty of a God made himself available to you. He loves you. He cares for you. You're not in a performance with him. He's done the work. And he wants to forgive you. And he wants to bring you closer. This morning, church, would, would you pray with me for those who don't know the Lord? Would you just pray this with me together as a church family? Lord Jesus, today I receive your life your forgiveness and your truth thank you that you died for me on the cross that you rose again receive me today Lord save me into your kingdom give me life peace righteousness joy of the Holy Spirit in your name I pray Amen Amen Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.